0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Evolve to Succeed podcast. I can't believe that we're now over one year old as a podcast and have released over 52 episodes. The Evolve to Succeed podcast launched on the 12th of November 2019 with Mark Cribb of Urban Guild as our very first guest. Since then, we've released an episode every single week, always with the aim of providing you, the listener, with interesting insights into the entrepreneurial journeys and the business and personal lives of the guests we speak to. Hosting this podcast has been a great pleasure and experience myself too. As I've not only had to hone my skills as an interviewer, I've also learned new things and gained invaluable insights into topics around business, well-being and life in general. It's also been great having you along for the ride and I really appreciate all the support and feedback the podcast has received from you. What also has been great is learning new things from some of the guests whom I've known for a number of years, things I didn't know at all about them. I've really appreciated the honesty and openness of the conversations and the willingness of our guests to lay it all on the table and be honest about themselves, their strengths and their weaknesses. As a celebration of the first anniversary of the Evolve to Succeed podcast and to mark the end of what has been an immeasurably challenging year for us all. I decided to review our 10 best performing podcasts in reverse order over the next two episodes. So I'm going to be counting down from number 10 to number one, looking back at the conversations that really stood out, perhaps reminding you of some of the stories or episodes you might have missed. With that, let's get on with the show. Coming in at number 10 is Cheryl Hadland. It was remarkable when I sat down with Cheryl to learn that the day we recorded this podcast, she was celebrating 30 years in early years education and in business through her Tops Day Nurseries. And through that company, she has disrupted the nursery school model and, as you'll hear, attempted to do the same with care homes. She's a former scuba instructor and passionate environmentalist who has made sweeping changes in her nurseries including a ban on glitter and disposable nappies. Our conversation not only covered the four mentioned topics, it also included her ideas on mentorship, the challenges of finding a good financial director and her thoughts on leaving a legacy.
1: A child's brain develops, doubles in size and capacity between the ages of one and two and so on. It's the most development any human being does is is before they're five, before they... Right. Uh, academic. Before they is, start as, school yes, that exactly. yeah. at that time. So actually all the education is taking place when they're small. Yeah. And I don't think any of us appreciated that. Most of us look for you know the cheapest babysitting or au pair or whatever that you can get, not realising that if we make an impact on a three-year-old, it will stand them in good stead literally for the rest of their lives. It's a lifetime. Life. Literally, yeah. So I went to my <laughs> Her yeah. sister and said, We've made a loss. What's happened here? And she said, Oh my goodness, you don't trust me now to do the figures, do you? And I said, No. No. She said, I quit.
2: Right. <laughs> so we don't get it right first time.
0: We did, not, we? we did
1: not get it right first time at all. Um so then I took some advice from another company who had an FD. Yeah. Um, quite a big building company, um, who you know we still have a bit of a relationship with now. Um, and he said, well, no, that's, you don't want to employ ex bank managers. You want to employ an accountant yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and he helped me interview for the next one.
2: Brilliant.
0: Interestingly, how do you mm-hmm. select your business coaches? Because. I think that's an interesting one as well, isn't it? I mean, yes. If you've you've sort of found a fit at a time with somebody, but how do you go about that process?
1: I think when you're small, you need to start with someone like mentor. Go go yeah. to um, you know the local. um yeah. Dorset, Dorset Dorset, Dorset, Dorset. Chamber. Yeah. They they can recommend mentors, and you can get them for relatively little. Yeah. Sometimes those mentors are mentoring as volunteers themselves yes. because they want to help on the next.
2: They want to give back
1: business. They, they do. Yeah. Um, so i think that's a good place to start because you're you know maybe a contribution per year um, and you can develop a dialogue with somebody another professional in a safe space yeah Um, and i've I've found that really invaluable and then as you go up you you know progress to potentially more expensive advisors obviously because they you know they can be a a a silent partner almost yes um, depending on who you work with okay When I do speak to small business owners, they, they really want to run solo. And I, I think, you know, the sooner you can spread the load. Yeah. And I know it's a risk because you're thinking, well, I'm only just earning enough for myself. If I get somebody else, how can I possibly share it? But actually, if you get the right person, they generate the business with yeah. you.
0: But it's about that complementary skill
1: set. Though, it is. It? Make sure no they business. do something that you either aren't very good at or don't want to do. Yeah. That drives the business forward. I just thought, do you know what? I could actually um, challenge how care homes run um, as I'd challenge with day nurseries. You know, I'd completely changed the model of day nurseries. Instead of being eight to six, we were flexible time. Um, so people could come in, you know, at six in the morning and pick their child up at 1130 if that's what they needed for their jobs. Yeah. It was a completely uh, challenge to the system. And I thought, oh, I wonder if I could do that with care you homes.
2: You disrupt the kind of care I home could, Exactly. I
1: thought maybe I could disrupt the care home market. Maybe I could make care homes for people with Alzheimer's playful. Yeah. You know, instead of them all sitting around the edge of the room, which was pretty much what was happening 15 years ago, um watching a television that they couldn't really relate to i thought you know we can play we could yeah you know we could play with dough we could do flower arranging we yeah. could we could do stuff that i learned in early years but actually do it with
2: because that's the cycle that
1: i could see it as being yeah. a second childhood what i hadn't um really allowed for though was the the disrespect people have for play hmm. um for older people
2: okay they were
1: seeing play for older people as disrespectful whereas i was seeing it as fun Yeah, and that was a huge battle. Social services did not like it. Okay, CQC did not like it. They were saying, "No, you know, you you need to show more respect, and you know, doing these puzzles and kicking balls and stuff is not is not what we expect expect you to do. We don't like that." Um, And and the local authority didn't like it either. So I had an ongoing battle. Success now is, is a lot more sustainable. It's about uh, a legacy as well. Okay. In that, at 30, 30 years on, I know that I'm not going to be running the nurseries in another 30 years. Mm. I may be in the grave by then. So I want to make sure that um, children can continue to be in a, in a great environment with the next generation. Okay. So for me, it's, it's looking at developing my team to succeed me Okay. You know, not necessarily tomorrow, but I'm starting to look at succession. So buy renewable energy. Okay. Look at your stationary bills and look at your photocopier. You know, you yeah. don't need to be copying so much or so much in colour. Yeah. You don't need to laminate anything and everything that goes on the notice board. And we were doing that. Yeah. You know, so, so stop with the lamination, stop with the plastic wallets. Um, there are so many bits of one-use plastic that you can just stop using. Biros, my goodness me, do you really need to use a biro for everything? Yeah. Can you not use a pencil made of wood, which is from a renewable source? There are so many things that you can do, but to be honest, you can't do it all at once. So that's why I say start at the bills yep.
2: Start
0: the. <laughs> and, yeah.
1: and then work your way through.
0: Number nine on our charts is Paul Tanzi, Managing Director of Digital Marketing Company Intergage. I've known Paul for over 15 years but there were elements of his story that I just didn't know anything about. Paul was also brutally honest about his personal journey. Paul began his first business at just 21 and went on to establish several more in a variety of sectors. Like many entrepreneurial stories, he's one of great highs and also challenging lows including nearly having a heart attack. However, Paul sees them all as learning experiences and has some valuable wisdom to give on resilience and dealing with failure. He also shares some great views on the importance of work-life balance, the meaning of being an entrepreneur and company
3: values. In my early 20s, what happened was that while all my friends were going to college and university and learning about business, I was out there doing it. I mean, I set up my first business when I was Twenty-two, I think, uh, with a, a friend of mine called Simon, and I was called Paul, and so we called our sales and marketing recruitment business Paul Simon, <laughs> and it took off like a bomb. It, okay. it just went like a homesick angel. It was just fantastic, and and we just, you know, we were, I guess, in the Thatcher era um, yeah. back then, and it was, you know, it was the yuppie era. It was it was incredibly difficult not to succeed. It seemed because the economy was just on such an up. And although it would all crash in a couple of years' time, and we would be victims of that, we set up a sales and marketing recruitment business. And we'd never done um, recruitment before, either of us, but it didn't seem like too difficult a job. Proved not to be, to be fair. Our, our financial year ended after six months, and we'd made more than fifty thousand pounds net profit in six months from a standing start, and bought ourselves cars and uh, and yeah, had a we're good living time. Living a lifestyle as yeah. well. So it was one of those times when every again, it was one of those times when everything seemed to align and it was just taking off and well you know we didn't know that it was unusual for 22 and 23 year olds to be running successful businesses because it was just what our experiences were but I look back now and go actually it was pretty unusual for you know for for young guys like that to be running a business and we thought we'd have 10 of them by the time we were 25 and that we'd be millionaires and and that's what we thought we genuinely believed it and looking back I can see why we believed it. At this stage we were unbelievably poor really and it's there was there came a point one day when I had to actually cycle I had a BMW outside with no petrol in it and I couldn't (laughs) afford to fill the tank up and I'd actually gone under all the cushions in the settee to try and find all the small change and and run out of that and I actually couldn't afford to, to buy food for the kids one night and I had to cycle to my parents house borrow a couple of cans of beans and cycle back again and that was a really long journey. That took an awful lot of work and it was, it was, and with hindsight, it, I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm overplaying it when I said I nearly died. And um, because I had a medical examination, which i talked about um, quite openly, uh, where I had a, um, a routine medical for an insurance product. Uh, you know the ones where they come to your house yeah. and they take your blood pressure, you know, swab you know, all of that. Yeah, uh, and so yes, I'm I'm sat there with my shirt off, being medically examined by a nurse, and um and my wife has offered the nurse and I a cup of tea, and she's gone off to make it, and she's come back in with a tray uh, just as the nurse is putting one blood pressure machine back in her bag and saying, I think that machine might be faulty and taking another one out and strapping it onto my arm and, and and then taking a reading. And as my wife is putting the cups of tea down on the table saying, what are you doing this afternoon? I'm saying, well, I'm very busy afternoon. I need to go back to the office now. And she said, no, you're not, actually. You're going to hospital right now. And um, she she told me what the blood pressure reading was. It was astronomically high and And she said, "Um, you're in real danger and you have to get to hospital, not tomorrow, not at some point in the future, but this afternoon, cancel everything and go... out of that comes some really hard like harsh lessons which is if you don't look after yourself physically then you can't look after yourself mentally so you're not really and if you get that whole time balance distortion thing going on you kid yourself don't you that you're you're doing it for all the right reasons right as entrepreneurs yeah well i am working this hard because i'm going to provide my family and everything else did you stop and ask your wife whether she'd actually prefer less money and less success but more of time with you did you, you know, that time that you sacrificed when you thought you were giving up your weekend, you weren't just giving up your weekend. You were giving up your kids' weekend and you were giving up your wife's weekend. And, and so th- we all need to just ask ourselves some questions, really. Why are we doing this? What is this thing that we're chasing?
0: Becky is one of three individuals that has featured twice on our podcast. Firstly, with the episode that has made it to number eight in our charts. And secondly, just as the COVID crisis commenced, we had Becky back on the podcast to help us understand how we could deal with the stress and uncertainties that the crisis was already bringing to us in our lives at that point in time. So, I personally first met Becky seven, eight years ago during a period in my life when I was at her low, when I was running myself into the ground and spinning plates, and in hindsight, neglecting the needs of both my family and my personal wellbeing. Becky was amazing in getting me through that time and teaching me and giving me strategies for better balance and being present that I still use today. Becky has been a great asset to evolve to, contributing her knowledge and wisdom with talks, webinars, and written content. Thank you, Becky, for your support. Becky has led an incredible life that has seen her overcome several challenges, including cancer, An accident resulted in years of low self-worth. And as a result, she has developed great resilience and really understands how stress and anxiety works and how best to overcome it in order to live a more fulfilling life. It was this that formed the core of this conversation. Also note that this conversation took place a few months before COVID-19 and the lockdown and all the stress and anxiety that that resulted in. This makes Becky's insight and advice from this podcast even more pertinent for the age that we're now living in.
4: I think we're the isolated, you know, the, the biggest isolated generation. Um, and I think that we are getting, we've been educated a lot by the medical industry, but we haven't been educated into how to empower ourselves. Okay. So we're, we're looking now at stress as an illness when actually stress isn't, you get stress-related illnesses. And in fact, stress is behind 95% of all illnesses. There is a profound difference between pressure and stress. Okay. But pressure, using the word pressure, doesn't seem to get the same rewards as stress. I think particularly in the workplace, we've got a culture problem where people are now saying they're stressed, but they wear it as a badge of honor. And the higher up the tree you get, the more you tend to hear this, um, because nobody's giving you praise. No one's giving you recognition. So your only way to start calibrating that you are um, worthy is to, to do it in a negative way. So my way, it becomes a way of getting significance in the workplace. starting to get away from that masculine energy burnout which i mean i've seen you know i work with a lot of guys um age 40 to 60 and i've seen you know who've been very successful in the past and everything that they've done basically breaking themselves to get somewhere has worked in the past and has been rewarded and now it isn't and they don't know what to do so that you know when i say masculine energy we all have masculine energy with, with us it's not like a pc phrase um we all have a balance of masculine and feminine, but that drive, if you are constantly driving from your masculine energy, it means that you're not asking for help. It means you're not collaborating enough. It also means that you'll take all the burdens on your own shoulders. So, you know, that, there's a big steer away from that. You disengage your feelings from your mind. Yeah. So your mind can actually convince you that all is well. You know, I have many a client come, how's your stress levels? 10 being high, zero being low. Oh, I'm pretty good with stress, eight, nine. And then I'll look at their medical stuff. They're on, they're on beta blockers, you know, heart tablets, blood pressure issues. They've got eczema on their arms. You know, the body has ways of showing. In my experience, what I have found is very often the root cause of stress is things like um, trauma. So it is, you know, for example, being when someone was bullied at school. Actually it gave them a fear of confrontation. So now they're finding themselves at board level, for example, and it's a you know and, and it's a bit of a dog eat dog environment. Actually it's triggering that old stuff. Um, even though they're a resourceful, you know, strong man, the the trigger makes them feel vulnerable. We don't match our self-care to our output, yeah. so we do burn out. So the other solution is to look at your self-care. And if your demands are really high, then your self-care needs to be really high too. And it's a really
2: interesting observation, isn't it? Because if you look at any professional performer, singer, actress, um, or you look at professional sports people, the thing that they have around them constantly is coaches... And the thing they're consistently always doing is improving their skills and and their self-awareness and getting better at what they do. And I think um, in becoming an entrepreneur, founder, growing and running a business, we get to that point where we do that and how many of us just get lost in the day job and forget about that self-care, that self-development and being able to make that next step to become that better business owner and actually be able to grow as the business grows with it. And I think, you know, and the same happens in corporate life. You know, business leaders generally, you know, they get to this position and actually job demands so much that they forget that actually personal self-development is what got them there and therefore it needs to continue.
0: And at number seven in our charts is Simon Jeffries, former Special Forces soldier and co-founder of The Natural Edge an online health, fitness and coaching academy. After finishing his military career, Simon found work at a management consultancy in London. But his restlessness for something more led him to quitting that job and starting his own business. However, that business soon folded and Simon had to move back in with his parents and find his feet again. This was when he started working on what would become the natural edge. Simon is not the first of our guests to have a military background and I find aspects of the military approach, particularly in the fields of discipline, resilience and adaptability, to be fascinating and very applicable to both our personal and business lives. It's those traits as well as a why and how to regularly step outside your comfort zone that became the focus of this conversation.
5: A lot
6: of friends and and people I knew you go through school and you're not you know a lot of people aren't really sure where their career is going to go or what they're going to do you know I knew I've got a picture somewhere that I need to dig out from when I was at primary school and everyone had to write down the date and what it was that you wanted to do when you grew up and I've got one that says when I leave school I want to be a Royal Marine. I've come to realize, and it's probably the most important thing is although the event is great, it's for me, it's the process that is. If you don't enjoy the process of what you're doing, I'd say you probably have to question the path that you're on. So it was almost for me, it was equally enjoyable, which sounds ironic, being how arduous the process is for the military and special forces enjoyed the process of undertaking that challenge to get there as much as passing and doing that job and i have found right. the same thing with this if it was easy then to me there's no you know it's like most things in life we we get most gratitude when we've done something that's challenged us when life is easy you know it can quickly become you become complacent or it can become a bit dull One of the things that we talk about in natural religion a lot is we've all got health built into our DNA. And by that, I mean, you know, as a species, we are very inherently robust and resilient. If we hadn't, we wouldn't have evolved to where we are. And modern life for all of its, you know, fantastic things that it does for us, it's also it can have the negative impact in the sense that we've stopped doing some of the things that make us healthy and once you start concentrating on those areas you kind of in a sense unlocking that health that's, that's built within us sleep is the biggest performance enhancer that we have access to it's you know it's absolutely bonkers i don't know if you i'm sure you've seen or are aware of the book why we sleep by matthew walker Yes, which you know, I'd encourage anyone to read. It's it's so so critical, and it really forms the bedrock of of everything else. You know, talk about health and resilience. You can we we've all we've all done it and seen it. You have a bad night's sleep. You know how short your temper is, how bad your focus is, how more susceptible you are to to stress during the daily life, and how less resilient you are to, I guess, simple. Things that when you're well rested and your nutrition and health is good, that don't affect you. Which is, I guess, the wider point. Something that I definitely believe is that health and resilience go hand in hand. I start a selection with 220 people. And you've got to bear in mind that all those people that turn up predominantly Royal Marines or from the paras, At the time I did it, most had done a tour of Afghan or two or three. You know, they've already gone through, they've already passed arduous military training courses. So everyone on that start line has the capacity to finish that course. But why is it that only there was 17 left on my course out of that 220 and it's roughly the same sort of 10% or less pass rate on each one? And it really does come down to what you are willing to suffer and endure to to get to the end, it's how much that means to you and what you're willing to to give or sacrifice to get there. So, I think with resilience, it's it, there's definitely a side to it of whatever it is you're driving towards. How much does that mean to you, and how much are you willing to to suffer through adverse you know, adversity and challenge?
0: Coming in at number six is Matthew Barker, Managing Director of the Barker Group, a dry cleaning and laundry company that was started in 1940 by Matthew's grandfather and is today the most successful private laundry in the UK. Matthew's journey has been both an interesting and challenging one. It's taken him from a brief career as a journalist to a somewhat contentious buying out of the family business and starting all over again when his factory burnt to the ground in 2005. Throughout these experiences, Matthew has shown considerable determination and resolve, as well as a dedication to excellence that preserves even after years in the business. I've always been intrigued by family businesses. There must be something inspiring about being part of that lineage and rich history, but at the same time, that mix of shared blood can invoke its own conflicts and challenges. It's this dynamic, amongst other things, that Matthew and I discussed so honestly during the course
5: of this episode. I, I always had this drive to prove myself to my father. Okay. So there was something there from a very early stage I needed to prove myself. Okay. Um, uh, whether whether the, it is it is a natural thing in families, I don't know. But I think uh, I very much wanted to do my own thing. I was very driven to prove myself. Yeah. Um, coming into the family business... Um, I definitely was driven to make it work and do yeah. it better, um, if I could. Okay. Um. So, yeah, that's interesting. I've, I have to say I've never really explored it too much. In,
0: no, in it's mind. just one of those interesting things, isn't its yeah. is it, is What burden does it carry when you are second, third, fourth generation? Mm. And, and perhaps not necessarily in the business, but within an industry and it's something that your family's done,
2: is something your family succeeded in before. That has to put some weight on your shoulders, Matthew.
5: Yes, yes, um, yeah. I did. I've never really seen that. I think the the overriding thing for me was I wanted my dad to be proud of me. Wow, that was the biggest driver. After ten years, I I was actually um, it, it had become I, I wouldn't say intolerable, but I was desperate to get on and and really open my wings myself. And I felt very, very constrained um, to the point that actually I did, um, I did say I was leaving and I was making plans to um, do, something go else. Well, do something else.
0: Wow. That's not an easy conversation to have with a parent. No. no.
5: Um, and, and is that uh,
0: how the buyout then took place? Yes.
5: I mean, it was, it was, it absolutely flicked a switch and um, it, it, I think it, it, it created a realisation for my parents that, um, that wasn't there before that yeah. actually, uh, they had rather taken me for granted, which is something that happens in family businesses. Um, and, uh, yes, that changed everything. So we, we, um, managed a situation where I could purchase the business. Unfortunately, it was one Tuesday afternoon on the 21st of September at, um, two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we had an electrical fault, which created a fire, and um, burnt the factory to the ground oh my God. Uh, within forty-five minutes. Pretty horrific situation. Yeah.
0: So where were yeah. you when you got that call?
5: Um, I was. Else? I was actually in the building when. Uh, well, we'd had a small fire. Um, I, I had been out because I'd had some staff. We had a branch in Andover and they'd come down and I was showing them around the business, taking them to other branches. And I actually arrived back at the laundry um, at about one o'clock and with these, with these staff it's from Andover. Members, yeah. And um, everyone was on the street. They'd been evacuated out of the building because we'd had a small fire. I, I went into the building. The fire had been put out. Uh, the fire, fire, fire brigade were on site um, and were just... Lifting bits of roof space or whatever, and they had the heat guns in there, and they were looking for any hot spots, and basically clearing the building and it, it was everybody was safe. everyone was safe, everyone was out of the building, and there was no fire. Um, I was walking through uh, the main factory space with the fire chief, and we suddenly heard this crackling in a roof space above us, and he got one of the, the one of his fire brigade to uh, go up a ladder, and as the guy lifted a panel. He just dropped down. He didn't bother climbing down the ladder. He right. just dropped to the ground and said, get out, she's going. And they grabbed me and pulled me out of the building. Cool. And it just went, and within 45 minutes, it burned to the ground.
0: And where did you find, I know the kind of modern phrase where it's resilience, isn't it? But that gut determination and perseverance and bloody mindedness, to get through that period was
5: um, well I, a fear of failure I think um, okay. or, or is it stupidity I, I don't know was
0: there, <laughs> there must have been a moment when you looked in the mirror and, and probably more than one occasion and thought
2: I can't do this I'm not going to do this
5: well I went through hell between 2005 and 2010 really okay. um, uh, and many many times I wondered why the hell I was carrying on
0: so there you have it the first half of our top 10 and I think you'll agree an interesting mix of individuals all with different stories approaches and principles yet they all were linked by their desire to surpass themselves enhance the lives of others and ultimately define their own success in both life and business next week we're going to count down from number 5 to that elusive number 1 spot who would it be? I can't tell you that now, but I can tell you that you'll hear from people from sectors as diverse as hospitality, entertainment and household removals, as well as a former Ferrari driving bodyguard. So tune in next week to find out more. But before then, myself and the Evolve team would like to wish you a happy Christmas. It's been such a challenging year for everyone and I really hope you have a peaceful and fulfilling break with your family and loved ones. And do remember, if you want to find out more about Evolve, and the coaching and development services that we offer, as well as details about our webinar, events and co-working space, then go to evolvemembers.com. And remember, if you think you're missing out on the podcast, then please do go back and listen to past episodes and do subscribe to the future episodes that will be coming your way in 2021. Thank you. Thank you.